Typically, strategic planning is a chore to be endured and one that is unsatisfying. Organizations often fail to get the very outcomes they plan for. Well, just in time for planning season, we talk with an expert on more fun, engaging, and effective planning for your team. Part two of my conversation with Mike Brown. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow. By talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in, message managers. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jim Carr. This episode picks up our conversation with Mike Brown. Mike runs the Brain Zooming Group based in Kansas City, and he serves clients all over the country. He's an expert facilitator. He and his team help get the best and most innovative thinking out of diverse teams. Mike is a prolific writer and speaker, someone I know to be very thoughtful and innovative himself. Mike has a new book out called Idea Magnets, and we're talking about the specific tactics and techniques where you can have better planning and ultimately better strategies for branding, marketing, and sales. In this part of the conversation, we talk a lot about infusing creativity into strategic planning, ways to get more buy-in, and those better results. Let's pick it up from when I ask Mike about the specifics of improved planning processes, whom to involve, what the environment should be like, and the critical role of the leadership. I'll maybe do it from the example of a nonprofit healthcare company a couple of years ago. They were going through a management change, so a management group that had been in place for multiple decades, largely, was transitioning, new CEO, he had his new team, and about 1,100, 1,200 employees, and we started working with them even before that announced change, and, and he said, I want to... I want to engage the whole organization. So when you talk about numbers of people, we started with a survey of every employee and it came out of a traditional employee survey. So there's a lot of standard rating questions, but we put other questions in about where do you see opportunities or where aren't things going well, or what are people asking for that we never provide? And these are great open-ended questions that allow people to contribute. We don't ask them you know, what do you think the new vision should be for the organization? Because unless you're, you know, a nerdy strategic planner, you don't think in those terms. You think about, here's what I see in the business. So we started with that 1,200, used that and distilled it into, here's, here's the opportunities along with the management team input. Here seem to be the opportunities. And he then went on a listening tour and he got in front of 600 of those employees. And we had fashioned some questions that he could use to start to get that next level of his impression of what was going on. Next step after that was he brought 50 people from across their entire organization together. And I think we were together two and a half, three days. It was actually the longest brain zooming session we'd ever done outside of the corporate world where we'd done a two and a half day session. And in that, we looked at their overall organization. We looked at these specific business units and did both teaching about planning, but took advantage of these smaller groups within each business unit for them to get a head start on planning. And it, it was interesting, Jim. 
was maybe one of the first times that we used an online collaboration platform in an in-person setting. So everybody had their laptops and we went through our standard questions that we would use to build out, you know, a part of a strategic plan. In about 50 minutes of time, we got probably 85% of the input that we needed for a strategic plan for the overall plan because we had 50 people all answering at the same time and contributing. It was really interesting, Mike. So in that setting, you, you're doing a capture in real time of these ideas. Now, are your participants in this session, are they able to see what their colleagues are saying and the kind of ideas that are there? How are you gathering that and reporting it to the participants in the session? Yeah. So in that case, with the online piece, they could see both on their screen what other people were putting in, and we also were projecting it within the room. It was coming so fast, they may be able to see something and then bridge off of that with another idea. But it wasn't so much about we're going to shape the strategy by having 1,600 comments in the course of 50 minutes as much as in the online platform, every keystroke gets captured. So then it became first our job to narrow that down and say, here's the rhyme and reason to what everybody said and, and sort of pull out the things that, you know, at times they would start going into joke responses and everybody would laugh. And that's cool. That's laughter and fun. It's an important part of strategic planning. I tell people. That's, that's real. Yeah. I, yeah, that's real. Yeah. I, I tell people, I was like, if it isn't fun, you know, I, I guess I said before about I hate market research, even though I'm a researcher. I hate strategic planning, even though I'm a planner. I guess I'm sort of a self-hater. But the fun makes people want to come back the next year. So there's that stuff in there. But we basically fashioned a plan that said, as far as we can take it, here's an organization structure, not an organization as in people, but thematically, here's the responses, here's the actions that people are suggesting. Now, moving to the client side, you need to start to apply timing and prioritization to say, which of these things do we want to tackle? Year one, year two, year three, which are just interesting things, but are beyond that. That's a tough part of it. We actually did a workshop with that client I was talking about before that had the 25 guys. We did a, a thing with them earlier this week. That is the tough part of planning when you actually are getting down to what are we going to do and what are we going to put off? But I see time and time again, better results from having more ideas and more possibilities to work from than we need to do three big things this year and we've got five ideas boy, that's tough to make sure you have the right three big ideas in there. So that to me is the power of getting more voices and more collaboration involved is you just have such a richer pool of strategic thinking to pull from to advance into a plan. And Mike, in your experience, because I'm imagining as you paint this picture of the process, which you're taking something that probably traditionally has been the trudge up the mountain and making it more engaging, you're getting different voices and different types of voices. I'm looking ahead to implementation and keeping the energy up in the organization beyond the planning process, because we all have experience in that the best laid plans tend to often not get implemented. The The energy, the priorities tend to disperse over time. And so I think of this on a couple of levels I wanted to ask you about. One it, the very process of going through strategic planning, if you do it a little bit differently, might build a little bit more buzz, a little more 
for lack of a better term, street cred in the organization about you know where the plans and priorities came from. And then at the other level, are there things that you see as good practices for organizations so that a month and three months and six months down the road, there's still that good sense of urgency and priority and energy to those plans? Great question. One of the values of collaboration as you get into implementation is the idea that because this came out of the language and the ideas of the organization, it doesn't feel foreign and it doesn't feel like it was dropped on the organization. And people, whether they participated in a survey or whether they participated in a meeting and had a chance to talk and express ideas, they can find themselves in that document. Oh, I I was involved in that, or I remember when we talked about it, or I remember when that idea came up. And the thing that is cool as well about the idea coming, or the, the strategy coming out of conversation is the plan doesn't arrive on somebody's desk and say, here's 70 pages, read our plan so we can implement it. Because nobody, <laughs> it's impossible to go read a 70 page plan and then start implementing against it. But because it's been part of the conversation and the organization is talking about it, you have a sense of what's going to be important. It, it just becomes that much easier. Keeping the excitement going, again, comes back a little bit to how you start with the fact that it's about real world things that people are going to be working on. So it's not, okay, well, there's this initiative over there, but I need to do something over here. It's, well, this strategy relates to the things that I'm trying to accomplish in the business. So it's actually helpful to me. It provides some guidance. It provides a direction that's been bought into. And and one of the steps... I used to tell people this on the corporate side. who People would come up with new ideas and, and were frustrated that they couldn't get support. I'd say, well, let's look at what we've got going on and how can you meld what you're doing so that it supports something that's already bought off on that now you can sort of ride along, if not for free, at least ride along a little bit easier because you can steer what you're doing to a priority. I, that's another thing I always encourage to try and find ways to get resources for new ideas is attach it to something that makes a natural fit that already has buy-in. The third area that I think can can really help as well, and, and we're going through this with a client right now is we're moving from planning into the next steps is to identify very clear leaders for initiatives and, and clear teams around it. This happened in a conversation the other night. Well, that's going to be all the presidents are going to own that. And I just looked at him and said, pick one person because all the people owning it isn't going to happen. You, you've got to start to get specific. So I think that notion of somebody owns this and has responsibility, you know, to go back to the book title, picking idea magnets, people who are going to bring energy and enthusiasm to that can go a long way toward, I may not have that responsibility for all the parts of the plan, but here's part that I own and I'm actively trying to go and find other people to bring into this and generating that enthusiasm throughout the organization. Mike, I think what you're talking about is really important and it applies in a lot of different planning or change management scenarios. The the first part, just to underscore this for everyone is, and I see this a lot in uh, working with clients on messaging, what people say and oftentimes there's this disconnect between marketing, like my former world there, and sales, account services, even the people who install and implement 
whatever it is. And marketing or the the executive suite will say, you know, why aren't the salespeople using what we give them? Or why does everyone have a different story? Or the people who are installing and, and servicing our stuff or our partner channels, they just don't seem to, to know what's going on. And typically the, the answer is you never ask them. You never incorporated their language or their point of view. And so there's just some stuff coming at them that they're expected to understand, feel good about, think it's real and want to share it. And so, as you were saying, you, you, you want people who, whether they directly took part in that, or at least they see their point of view, their business unit, their fingerprints of someone like them in the organization, that's going to go a long way. And then the other is how do you, you got to have some things that at least I find in, in my world that frontline managers can coach to and reinforce with their teams. So as you were saying, not just the presidents, but there's got to be someone, you need a sponsor at the top, but you also need things that if you have a, a big spread out organization, as a lot you know them are and people working different schedules and some are remote and some are in HQ that it's really hard to to keep everybody in there consistently looking at the right thing. So you've got to have some buy-in and participation at different levels of the organization in ways, as you say, that you can come back to. Remember, you know, this is all part of some important goals and priorities. Here's how we're doing. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said, it's a leadership mentality that paves the way for that. We've got a client right now. I wish I could say their name, but I think I signed something along the way. It says I can't say their name and then we're working with them. Our guests on the Manager Message podcast do not get in trouble. Yeah. All right. So I'm to start now. I mean, they're, they're an educational institution, but it's a, it's a very specific branch of an educational institution that has a lot of government work, a lot of government focus. And we're just an interesting example. They found us because the, the executive who was responsible for this went in search of fund strategic planning because they'd worked with all the big consulting companies and stuff sat on the shelf. It didn't get used and it was, you know, just egregiously expensive. And they found BrainZooming because we talk about fund strategic planning. We, we talk about how to make it fun. So, I mean, she started with that attitude of this has to be different. She immediately engaged in the very first rounds of things we did from both surveys and workshop, not just her group, which is a shared services group in this organization. She engaged their internal clients. So we've had internal clients along for the entire ride. So it's not, oh, well, this group cooked it up, which one of the other shared services groups in their organization did that. They just hold up in a room and came up with their strategy. And the rest of the organization is like, where's this coming from? We actually have leaders on the internal client side who help shape the vision. We did a workshop a few weeks ago on the, the next set of tactics. They were involved there. So they can point to those people as having been involved. It, that brings reality to it. And the other thing that she said, which I absolutely love, and she said this on multiple occasions, is I got rid of the bookshelf in my office because this plan is not sitting on a shelf. So she's actually... We're in the process where she's creating what she's calling the sustainability team for the plan. And part of it will be the launch, but part of it is 
how over the course of multiple years do we keep this in front of people and, and how do we how do we continue to shape the organization? And the interesting twist to all this, and, and again, what we really try and do is, you know, and it doesn't have to be brain zooming. I, if you're doing strategy in your organization, you can do this. We don't start with, here's what a strategic plan is. We start with questions about what do you need to accomplish and what needs to happen? And even what the outcomes and deliverables, they need to look like the organization. So that makes it easier to implement. But in the midst of doing the, the vision work for this, I showed up thinking, hey, we're going to now create how we're going to do the implementation plan, the tactical plan. And she said, I think we need a new internal brand. This was five minutes into a meeting. It's like, you're what? So we need an internal brand. I said, well, you're right. I said, first of all, don't use the B word because you'll get all kinds of flack inside for talking about a new brand. But Yes, your experience has to change. So we basically put the strategic planning on hold to develop what was their new experience model. So now the plan will come out with an experience model that will really signal they're doing things differently. As I said, I point her out. I wish I could say her name because she is the quintessential right kind of leader to do a different kind of strategy. We found her that way or she found us and, and paired up. Those are the people who are successful with strategy, not the traditional, let's get six people together and write a 15-page document, and that's our strategy. And, and that is a very different kind of look at strategy. But it, it starts with leadership, and it starts with involvement throughout the organization. That's a really good example about change management and, and the role of the leader. That person needs to keep it set and keep a priority, needs to model the right behavior, yes. and then empower other people around him or her to be able to keep that, as you say, your sustainability model, which is really important to think about, you know, not only how we're going to set this strategy, but what's this going to look like? What's going to be different 12 months, 18 months, 24 months down the road as a result of all this? So I, I think that's, that's really insightful. I had one more, you did a great job, Mike, of talking about common gaps or misses when it comes to the process, the, the meetings and all those that get together for strategic planning. And I wonder, given that example that you talked about just a moment ago, I would imagine these sorts of things, there are some real aha moments for the team involved or some blind spots that you may have helped people uncover that they or they come across themselves. Do you find some common ones in terms of, I never realized or I never heard anyone say dot, dot, dot. I don't want to lead the witness too much here, but do you find some some common gaps or, or blind spots in the companies you're working with? Well, that's a really intriguing question. I don't know that they're common ones, Jim, and, and, and in part because that's coming out of having worked with one industry and one company. As I set out with brain zooming, I pretty much decided we're not going to specialize in any one industry because I want to go hear about and, and tackle things across industry. So I think that may provide a little bit of the difference. I think the biggest aha moment may be if, if we're doing a broader employee survey as an input into strategy, not a simple, as I was saying before, a simple rating scale of how do you like working here and would you recommend this? But what do you think the issues are? What do you think the opportunities are? There tend to be aha moments around, I thought that was an issue, but now I've got voices and language that people are expressing that. And as a leader, they wouldn't express that to me directly. It was just sort of rumor. Now I've got some things around it. 
in this case that we were just talking about, where we did both a survey of the shared services group and a survey of their clients with very similar questions, we did have some rating questions. And you saw the shared services group thought they were providing outstanding service and really building great relationships. And their organization that they were serving came back and said, no, you guys suck. You're really bad at this. So that was an interesting disconnect of how do you introduce that statement of we think we're really great because we've never asked anybody. And when we asked, we found out that we aren't. And, and how do you transition people through that? We're, we're still in the midst of that one. So I think those are a couple of instances where we do tend to see that, that I now have language and, and I've got support for what I thought was going on, but nobody would ever talk about, or that disconnect between audiences that the way somebody thinks their world is really isn't because they never asked anybody else for a perspective on what their world looked like. Great stuff, Mike. How can our listeners get access to the things that you're writing and posting and, and showing and learn more about how you work with organizations? Brainzooming.com. You can go there. You can find out you know, there's almost 2,500 articles. Hopefully by the time people hear this even more, not about here's what Brainzooming does, but here's how to be stronger in strategy, creativity, and innovation. Ideamagnets.com. That's where you can go out and get the book. So Idea Magnets is also on Amazon. You can get it there. For your listeners, Jim, we've got a special download on Collaborative Strategic Planning 101. So it talks about some of these ideas and, and has questions and background that you can think about. How do we approach this differently? What other types of perspectives and voices do we need to involve? How do we engage people and make strategy real world for them? That is at info.brainzooming.com slash manage your message, just all one word, manage your message. And that's free and folks can go out and it's, it's a good, as it says, sort of a 101 to think about, hey, if I want to approach strategy differently in my organization, what are some of the things that I can start to tackle and change as we look to the future? Mike, that's generous for our listeners and I think very timely. Again, this is, even though as you correctly stated, there's more of the planning and updates that that happens these days in real time. They tend to have more analytics, more visibility into operations, but this is still very much the time when most organizations are going through that planning process. And this sounds like a great tool, a simple tool and sets of ideas that you can follow to maybe do some things a little bit differently this time around and, and get more buy-in, get more voices and get more clarity. So Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure to talk with you and, and glad to be a part of one of your early podcasts. All the best with it. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thank you, message managers, for joining us. If you're finding the podcast valuable, then please let your friends and colleagues in on it. There is plenty for everyone. And I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review. That's part of the coins of the realm in podcasting. One more thing, I am in now year three of sharing the Message Manager Memo. That's a free and concise and actionable email newsletter. goes out every week with ideas and tips that you and your team can put to use right away. You can sign up on my new and improved website, jimcar.com. That's J-I-M-K-A-R-R-H. You could also email me directly, jim at jimcar.com. I'll make sure that you're on the list. 
and we promise not to follow up in two nanoseconds to try to uh, sell you something. Thank you very much again, Mike Brown. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk again soon. Fantastic, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcar.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.